0: Growing up, Carl Tanzler, who called himself Count Von Kozel, had seen the vision of a woman who told him that he was destined to be with a dark-haired beauty. When he first laid eyes on Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyas, he knew that his destiny had been fulfilled. But his triumph in finding her would soon turn to tragedy, causing Carl to take actions that would make his love story infamous. I'm Marina. With me, I have my two best friends, Colby and Laura, and this is Grimm.
1: wow (laughs) that intro
0: yeah yeah we're current we were just talking we're currently geeking out um i got a new fancy looking microphone uh i think all three of us are going to upgrade we were just sort of Mm -hmm. testing it out um but we're really digging it i know we got pretty good feedback on our audio previously but we are nerds and we want you know the best yeah well and for
2: I mean I know we've posted like one picture of our setup maybe we can post another of just like how we're set up in Colby's house but (laughs) our dining room table but it's it we have microphones on the table and the microphones that Colby and I have which is what we all had until today you have to be right in front of it like if I talk like this it's really really far away and so it kind of like restricts our creative you know choices. yeah yeah Yeah,
0: like
1: I need to move to really get creative like I have to flail (laughs)
0: And we do, and you may have heard us bumping (laughs) the mic stands (laughs) in uh, many an episode as we flail around with our hand gestures.
2: But this Uh, one, uh, we're really enjoying the sounds of our voice with this one. You know what we missed out on, though,
1: is you singing over the intro while we wait. We did. (laughs) You're welcome. Be jealous. That's what Laura and I get serenaded with every time (laughs) we record. Every time. (laughs) Maybe we'll just replace the intro music with that.
0: Maybe. That would actually be... (laughs) just not that good but it it would be a
2: good drunk
1: grim intro like if we ever wanted to do an episode where we like drank a little bit too much i think that would be the perfect theme to set the tone we did say we were going to do grim after dark one
0: time and i think we should definitely do that that's hilarious bonus episode Mm.
1: yeah maybe in spooky season oh Oh. a little
2: bonus bonus
1: okay so that intro though wait so how did carl know he was gonna meet laura and i because this woman said he was gonna be <laughs> taken by a dark haired dark eyed beauty and i'm just wondering like how I did li- they
2: know i literally when you said that i was like wait her name is laura
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think once you hear a little bit more about carl you're not gonna want to be the dark haired beauty that okay. uh, is his destiny
2: okay yeah
0: right. So this case, uh, this is a bizarre one. I would say this is more on the end of mystery than murder, but who knows? Maybe there'll be a little bit of murder sprinkled in. Ooh. But I just feel like this one uh, is different and a little bit wild. Though, our other cases are wild, I was going to say, too. you did just do Catherine Knight, I which yeah. is for did.
2: sure wild.
0: This is, I, it's really hard to compare the skin curtain to this. Um, but they're different. They're yeah. just they're different and unique Apple, in their own ways. Apples and oranges, you yeah, might say. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Will we be returning to Australia
0: for today's episode? No, this one is in the United States of America for most of it.
2: Where? Florida. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Connecticut. No. <laughs> mm.
1: Nope. Fl- Florida. Florida makes sense then. Don't don't threaten me with a good time. I want to go, FLA. Have you guys ever seen
0: the meme that's like Google your birthday with like a news article? And I think I did it once and it was like man rides alligator yes.
2: into freeway and it's just like
1: crazy stories i like all the florida man this is worth it yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh
0: yeah yeah the florida man
1: yeah that's right uh <laughs> <laughs> florida man who carried alligator into liquor store doesn't remember the incident
2: that is see that's it's classic yeah it's classic <laughs> yeah classic florida <laughs> we love Sorry, you florida we love you we yes. do love you we do have my cousins there.
0: are from florida yeah and thanks we,
2: for listening yeah
0: okay guys so our story today involves two main characters, if you will. Carl Tansler and Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyas. Shout out, because you did that flawlessly
2: in the intro. My, brain, just now.
0: my brain wanted to trip over it, mm-hmm. but
2: I you got through great. it. You got Thank it. Thank you.
0: So we're gonna start with Carl. Carl Tansler, which is spelled across the internet with both a K and a C. So mm. unclear to me which one is correct, but we'll just we'll just go with it, whichever we're gonna post on the Instagram. He was born in Dresden, Germany in 1877. Probably a okay. K. Yeah,
1: probably. Karl Cle- <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> Thank you for
2: that no, deep it's, assessment. It's probably
1: like the German versus the American spelling yeah. of the name. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. We Americanized it. Like Karl Marx. Yeah. You that got, was hard to say. You got I, Wicked
2: Bastin know, just I'm now.
1: sorry. Karl Marx packed his car.
2: <laughs> I was also thinking of, what's that,
1: that thing where it's like, Carl? Get the hot dogs, Carl.
0: Carl. <laughs> Carl. Yeah. Wow. We're off the rails, guys. Right off the jump. I right, like
1: we'll, it. We'll, we'll pull it back in. Okay. Reign it in.
0: Okay. Carl claimed that he grew up in a haunted castle that had a ghostly figure that he called the White Woman, or Countess Anna Kozel. He believed this ghost was his alleged ancestor, Anna Constantia von Brockdorf. Carl believed that the countess visited him and showed him the woman he was destined to be with, a stunning, dark-haired, what he called exotic woman who was destined to be his one true love. But of course, this woman would be someone like Salma Hayek or Catherine Zeta-Jones. Mm-hmm. It sure. wouldn't be like a balding, toothless <laughs> gargoyle of a woman. <laughs> She's like, this is your one true destiny. He's like, nope, didn't see it. <laughs> Next. <laughs>
1: Swipe right? Left? I don't know. I don't know. I never got to do it.
0: Yeah, no. I've nope. been with my husband for 19 years, so definitely yeah. was not on dating apps. With a premonition like that, Carl was always on the lookout for his true love. After Carl finished school, he traveled a lot. On a visit to Genoa, he saw a statue affixed atop the grave of a woman named Elena, who died at the age of 22. And the statue looked like the dark-haired woman from his visions. He said that he started to weep and kept saying Elena over and over. He said it was at that moment that a ghost emerged from the statue and he made eye contact with her. He tried to follow her, but as he did he lost her in the crowd.
1: Wait, where was the crowd? The crowd was in the cemetery at the cemetery
0: he was at the cemetery he followed her out of oh, the cemetery oh, oh, oh. he like
1: walked after her okay. and he
0: lost her in a crowd of people okay. thought there was a crowd in the cemetery okay no also what year ish did this happen uh late 1800s okay, okay. that
2: helps yes. a lot okay
0: <laughs> Carl continued to travel and prior to the start of world war one he ended up in Australia if okay. I had
1: <laughs> just waited <laughs> there it is okay
2: <laughs> so 2002 okay <laughs> <laughs>
0: so uh yeah i guess australia is in this case hey guys <laughs> i love it down under uh while in australia carl said that he was visited by the ghost of the woman promised to him by the countess she visited twice and on the second visit she appeared to him they embraced and he felt a divine bliss before the spirit melted away and reappeared in another room of his home he says the ghost hung out with him for a week following him around the house He called her Aisha. When the ghost left, he was depressed, but he knew they would meet again. Carl later learned that his father had fallen into a coma and died a week later, which Carl said coincided with the week that Aisha spent with him down to the hour. Now, it's very unclear to me why Carl would call this ghost Aisha when he had this divine moment at the cemetery with the statue of Elena and was repeating Elena over and over again. So unclear to me why okay. he named her Aisha bad instead of, hearing. of Elena. Yeah, bad hearing. Yeah, I don't know. Just he went rogue on that one. And you know, Carl's stories, he's nothing but trustworthy. <laughs> when World War 1 broke out, uh, Carl was actually interned at a concentration camp as a prisoner of war for safekeeping because of his German heritage. While imprisoned in the camp, Carl claimed to have built an entire organ from the debris he found in the camp,
2: which like um Oh. organ not like a,
0: a bodily organ, organ. Okay. no
2: not a bodily <laughs> organ Could you
0: what imagine would, what debris would he assemble a the, organ I, out he's of he's in a
1: concentration camp i mean yeah there's mm-hmm.
0: he's like guys look i made this liver that i just took out of that person's body yeah mm-hmm know yeah,
1: like a people, church like okay. a church
2: a functional church organ you need to stop using words that have
1: multiple meanings people do love when we ask for <laughs> clarification they're like i would i too was unsure if it was a human organ or a <laughs> church organ i,
2: <laughs> I think i might be alone on that one
1: <laughs> guys
0: there's no there's no minors or minors okay, in good, this episode good.
2: so i guess it's just the organ organ is it polish or did he polish <laughs> okay i'm done
0: oh my gosh so funny So after the war, Carl was released and returned to Germany to find his mother. He lived with her for three years before his mother told him that he should go be with his sister who had moved to the United States. Carl spent some time in Germany before moving to the States. In 1920, he married Doris Schaefer and they had two children Aisha. Weird, right?
2: Weird. Hmm. Yeah. Who named her?
0: Him. I know. I know. That wasn't on the internet. (laughs) And Clarista.
2: I dig, it. I dig it. I'm, I'm with it. I'm trying not to make a comment on every single name, but that one made me think of Clarissa knows it all. Oh, Clarissa, Clarissa explains, explains, explains it, all. it all. Oh my god! I knew that sound. It was enough syllables in that one.
0: Unfortunately, Clarissa died when she was only ten years old from diphtheria. Oh,
2: as you do in the 1800s. You do. Well, ba- well na- early 1900s. Has Balto run the been-
1: Iditarod yet? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mar- <laughs>
1: Marina's brain just <laughs> broke. Those were words. <laughs> No, that was the medicine he was bringing to the kids was for diphtheria. Really? I'm like ninety-seven percent sure. <laughs> that is a grim fact that I did not retain
2: in my brain box from when I was a child. It uh, now I gotta oh, wait, now You I gotta complete look me. Well so she's gonna Google that meanwhile. I've been Googling cause I was like, I just don't associate Florida with the eighteen hundreds. I, it did exist. It, 1845.
1: In oh. fact, I just had to look it up.
0: We were again in the 1900s, but I mean, yeah. well, I
2: was—I've been googling for a while. <laughs> it was,
1: yeah. Balto <laughs> and his teammates were carrying a serum for the treatment of diphtheria. Wow, that was like two grim facts and you heard minutes. it
2: here first, folks.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs>
0: bam. <laughs> okay, well, Balto wasn't there in time, and she died from diphtheria. Carl emigrated to the US in 1926 to Zephyr Hills, Florida, where his sister was living, and he was later joined by his wife and two girls. Carl was eccentric, to say the least, and he considered himself to be quite important at this time. Carl said he had nine degrees and self-titled himself Count Von Kozel, which he said was the name of an alleged ancestor. But his wife and family said he made it up himself. He he was not a count in any way. Okay. He just, he dubbed himself a count. The medical degrees, licenses, and medals he held were all proven to be forged, but he was considered well-read on medicine, radiology, and x-ray technology. Okay. And he was well off, receiving a military pension for his involvement in World War I.
2: Making those organs.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Very important work. <laughs> Carl left his wife and kids and took a job as a radiology technician in the U.S. Marine Hospital in Key West using the name Carl Von Kozel. Key West was only over seven hours away from Zephyr Hills, according to MapQuest, so just a short commute to see his family if he wanted.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You you used MapQuest?
1: He did. <laughs> why? why? Why not the Google Maps? To see how far Zephyr Hills and... Things. But you use MapQuest? <laughs> yeah. That's what's that's what's got us. <laughs> Not that you looked up directions. It was MapQuest. <laughs> like
2: I thought maybe Carl used MapQuest. Yes. <laughs> no,
1: I, Carl pulled like, out that really like, Atlas. How do you get <laughs> world Atlas. How
2: do you get to work? Oh, guys, sometimes
0: I still use MapQuest for work to check for like mileage. Oh no. <laughs> You may be For,
1: like, committing direction. fraud. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: think he, they, they know update that?
1: No, those maps. No. no. <laughs> those are still
2: waiting to be printed on your <laughs> inkjet <ancient> printer. <laughs> wow. I feel, I feel like I just got
0: schooled. You're making me feel like a grandma over here. All right, so seven hours. So as I said before, you guys made fun of me for my map questing. uh, (laughs) Carl went to work at this hospital in Key West. And it was at that hospital that he met Maria, who goes by Elena. Elena was born in 1909, and she was a Cuban American who led the normal life of a teenager in the 1920s. She was a devout Catholic, and she loved cooking for friends and family, dancing, and singing she was allegedly so beautiful and such an accomplished singer that tourists would ask for pictures with her in the street hmm. at the age of 16 elena married a man named luis mesa and shortly thereafter they were expecting their first child Oof.
2: young S- yeah.
0: very young probably not in the 1920s though still, oh uh, good point true yeah.
2: but yeah i guess i was thinking 16 still pretty young but,
0: yeah but, but less, yes less, less so, so in the 1920s <laughs> Sadly, Elena miscarried the child and began to develop a cough. Oh, no. At first, her family thought that her illness was just due to sadness brought on by the loss of her child. But when she failed to recover, the family became concerned. It was around that time that her husband left for Miami, leaving her alone as she became sicker. People deal with grief differently, but (laughs) nice guy, right? Yeah, definitely. She is. So in 1930, when Elena was 20, her mother brought her to the U.S. Marine Hospital in Key West for treatment. It was at the hospital she underwent tests that were overseen by radiologist technician Carl Von Kozel. For Carl, it was love at first sight with Elena, and he believed that she was the dark-haired woman of his dreams. Carl was concerned at first to see that Elena was listed as married in her records because he was wondering how could the universe finally bring this right. woman to him mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she's already taken fair question. But he later learned that her husband was not in the picture. So with that hurt a lot of the way they could be together forever or maybe not. Unfortunately, the tests at the hospital that day confirmed that Elena was suffering from tuberculosis, which was one of the most prominent causes of death at the Oof. time at one point tuberculosis killed one in seven people living in the united states and europe holy shit and europe oh my god and europe. i didn't realize it was that bad it was uh and in the 1930s that's when sanatoriums were a popular treatment for tuberculosis the treatment was essentially fresh air and rest and uh let me just say that i would like that prescribed to me <laughs> as well yep i visited that seaside sanatorium in waterford connecticut uh, and that view will cure whatever ails you.
2: Wait, can I? What is a sanatorium? I don't know.
0: I looked up the definition of sanatorium because I found it. In, I found it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> There's an overlap between basically like insane asylums and sanatoriums, but sanatoriums are basically like facilities that are devoted to curing some sort of medical ailment. Okay. So a lot of those sanatoriums in the thirties started out as tuberculosis wards. And then as tuberculosis started to like fade into the sunset, they turned them into asylums for people who needed mental health treatment.
2: Thank you. You're welcome. Grim fact. Mm
0: -hmm. We like to learn here. I think... Ocean breezes and decent naps can cure a lot of ailments. Not as much as modern medicine, but at (laughs) least it's a pleasurable treatment. Yeah. Like, I would be happy. Yeah. So Carl knew that there were places like this that could maybe cure Elena, and he offered to send her there, but Elena and her family declined. But Carl loved Elena, and despite his lack of qualifications, he was determined to do whatever it took to save her. So he dedicated himself completely to the task. He disregarded hospital protocol and attempted to save Elena through the use of tonics, elixirs, some even containing pure gold, dissolved into them. And he pilfered x-ray equipment that he brought to Elena's home, all free of charge. Naturally. Carl even tried shock treatment. He would shock her by connecting electrodes to her body via transformers and then would give her medicinal wines. (laughs) Which I do not think that those were effective treatments for
1: tuberculosis. Poor Elena. Or anything. Yeah. Just a bad day, maybe.
2: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Carl said Elena's family hindered her treatment because he was willing to do absolutely anything that he needed to do to save her, but her family was distrustful of him and his methodology. Which, can you blame them?
1: Mm-hmm. I wonder why.
0: <laughs> While treating her, Carl told Elena day in and day out how he felt about her, expressing his undying love. He also made countless proposals while she was, in essence, on her deathbed. Elena did not reciprocate Carl's romantic feelings whatsoever. She repeatedly told him he was too old for her. He was over 30 years her senior. Whoa. He was around 53 at the time, and she was also not divorced from her husband, officially. Just a reminder, Carl was also married at this time. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yep. (laughs) And it was also around this time that his youngest daughter died from diphtheria. So mm. he was a real stand up guy. Yeah. He also wrote Elena letters. And in one, he wrote So often you have said that I am too old for you. But listen, darling, I never count my years, neither do I count yours. If you were a mummy 5,000 years old, I would marry you just the same. I swear it's not for selfish reasons that I want this marriage, but because I can do so much more than a boy your age. I can offer you my science, my experience, my capacity to save your life, and this apart and on top of my undying love. Um,
2: Stage five clinger. Yes.
1: I was going to say, how could you refuse that (laughs) offer? It sounds great. (laughs)
2: Also, a little creepy. Just a little bit.
1: A little creepy. In an
0: interview Elena's sister gave to the Miami Herald, she confirmed that Elena never loved Carl. She said Elena was only nice to him because her mother told her to be kind to those who were kind to her. She said Elena viewed Carl as a grandfather and told him she didn't love him. But Carl persisted. On one occasion, Elena had to return to the hospital on a day that Carl was working. That same day, Carl received word that his mother had died, and in his mind, the universe had sent him Elena that day to comfort him in his time of grief. I guess you can really read signs into anything if, yeah. if, yep. you, if you try hard enough.
2: That reminds me of Marvin. Mar- yeah. Martin yeah. He- he-
0: all the he- signs he, he got. He- yeah. 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 yeah, So many signs. But he ignored all the ones that told him not to exactly. do it. He exactly. just went for the ones that supported his vision. You
1: want the signs that support what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Carl became so persistent in his affection for Elena that the family told him to stay away from the house. The family did not like Carl's unorthodox, quote unquote, devil machines that he was using to treat Elena. But again, Carl persisted. So the family literally moved and did not tell him where they went. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) My goodness. But Carl wouldn't let anything stand in the way of his one true love. He roamed the streets at night searching for his love until a sympathetic neighbor gave up the family's new location. God damn it. The family knew that Elena was fatally ill at this point, so they basically just let Carl keep on keeping on. They let him continue his treatments while Elena continued to decline his marriage proposals.
2: Okay, family. Family that is (laughs) not cool like she's on her deathbed literally you can't like keep this guy away leave her in peace like she's just
0: trying to die elena was not happy about having to deal with carl and she died hating him apparently she actually died on two occasions and Carl resuscitated her via electric shock (gasps) it was so painful that she begged her family to ensure that she was too far gone before carl was informed of her death Yet Carl claimed that Elena asked him to take care of her body after her death. Oh, no. He quoted her as saying, If I must die, all I can leave you is my body, for I am only a sickly girl, so I can't marry you while I'm sick, but you will take care of my body after I am dead, won't you? Carl obviously agreed to this most likely fictional arrangement, and in his mind, this was their
1: marriage vow. Oh, dear. Well, it it would have been rude to not agree to that arrangement. I mean, she was asking. It was like her dying wish. Right. You have to honor a death wish. He wrote a note
0: for Elena to carry around that said that Carl was her husband and that she was of sound mind, since there were rumors that Elena's family was going to have her move to an asylum. Elena died on October twenty fifth, 1931, at the age of 22, due to complications from tuberculosis. Mm. Carl was upset that he had not been informed sooner, as he still felt that he could have saved her. Carl signed the cause on Elena's death certificate as expiration from a series of violent seizures clinically associated with dormant epilepsy. Tuberculosis, epilepsy, oh, yeah, I was wondering why, why same not difference. Be. I don't know. Uh, we might talk about that a little bit later on, but yeah, okay, know. a little bizarre. Her death did not end Carl's obsession with her. Oh, no. Carl talked Elena's family into letting him stay in her room, and he lived with her family. No, family, what? (laughs) He rented the room from them, and they, they let him. Carl paid for her funeral out of his own pocket, and even paid for her internment in an elaborate stone mausoleum, a building to which only he had the key. Oh,
2: no, 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 no. He had to build the
0: elaborate mausoleum because he said that water would get to Elena if she was buried in the ground and cause her to decay, and he couldn't stand to even think about that.
1: Um, I'm <laughs> uncomfortable about what's going to happen next. <laughs> yeah. I just feel that I know where this is going. Uh-huh.
0: <clears throat> you you may, but it's it's wild. So this mausoleum, Elena's married name, and she was still legally married at the time of her death. It was her legal name was Mesa. That was not engraved anywhere on the tombstone. On the bottom corner was what said CTD Kozel, which stood for Countess Damsel Kozel, which is another made up title created by Carl. Right. So just living in his own little fantasy world over there. Carl said a strange new life began for him after Elena's funeral. He said, now at last, nobody could take my Elena away from me. Although I could not see her any longer, I felt her presence all the time. For two years, the faces that Laura—the face that Laura is making—is amazing.
1: I had a moment when we just said, like, when I said, "I'm afraid of what's coming next," and our faces did the thing, and I was like, "Oh, I get the title of the episode now." I don't know if that's going to be the real title, I, but mm-hmm. I get it. I, get mm-hmm. I, I put that together, yeah. And mm-hmm. and now I'm I'm caving in on myself too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you
0: can't protect yourself from what's to come. For two years, Carl visited the mausoleum every night, bringing Elena a gift every evening. Speaking of gifts, he would also inject her body on an almost daily basis with formaldehyde to try to keep her from
2: decaying. That was actually a question I had. Mm, Okay. Yes.
0: Yes. Carl said he felt a peace in visiting the mausoleum, and after 18 months, Elena started talking to him. She asked, you know, am I really dead? And Elena told him she wanted to go
2: live inside of his home. So we're kind of making light of this but I am just trying to process a human actually going in for a year and a half and seeing a dead body every single day. Every That's crazy. single night.
0: I, oh, every single night. And I know that they have these mausoleums and you can go in and the casket is inside but I don't think that most people like open it up and look at
2: them.
1: No, I don't think so time. either. No. Also he's married and has a child right as yes, all of this there's is doing? one yes one oh child left yeah. oh
2: left mm-hmm. yeah
1: i i would say that he basically
0: abandoned them mm-hmm. when he went to key west because it's not within driving distance like he just does not ever go see them
2: yeah thanks MapQuest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i don't like you <laughs> <laughs> carl said he believed that elena was sending him signals showing him things to do to move her body without getting caught carl wrote in his journal I'm so happy to be back with you, my darling. Very soon, the hour approaches when I will take you home with me. Mm -mm. (laughs) Carl rented a house next to the cemetery, and in 1933, about two years after Elena's death, Carl put Elena's casket and her decaying corpse on top of a toy wagon and wheeled her body through the cemetery to the rented house. Two
1: years. Two years. What, what does a body look like after two years? I mean, I know she's been injected with formaldehyde every day, but like, what is that doing? Um, I mean, the body's not
0: going to look great. Oh. And, and to be clear, she was still in the court, uh, in the casket. At this point, he didn't like curl up her body in the toy wagon. Like he, okay. he had her in the casket oh. and he, you know, brought that with him okay. slightly better. Is it? (laughs) No. Two days later, Carl moved her body from the house next to the cemetery to a makeshift lab that he had in a wingless airplane that he called the Countess Elena. Prior to her death, Carl was actually working on restoring the plane and had claimed that the couple would fly away together to a private island that he said he owned because he'd discovered it which is it's not really
1: how it that, works yeah that's that's how i remember <laughs> well, i don't know i don't know <laughs> possession <laughs> is nine-tenths of the law so. he's, he's like, in
2: america huh? he's like i put a flag on it so it's yeah. fine now
0: in his makeshift lab carl carefully worked to restore elena to her former beauty there was mold and slime that were consuming her body so carl meticulously removed those to preserve her he took samples to make sure that there was no harmful bacteria on her body. And then he sunk into her coffin and gently kissed her. Uh, no. Oh, no. Safety first, though, guys. He made sure that there was no like dangerous
1: bacteria. Oh, thank God. That's what I was very concerned about. I thought there were germs on her body, and that's why I was making those sounds. Oh, <laughs> Safety <that's> first. Okay. <laughs> Safety first. He
0: made plaster casts of her entire body to ensure that her beauty was always preserved, including a death mask he washed her hair and cleaned what was left of her skin. Oh, oh, sorry. (laughs) And this was not a one and done thing for Carl. He had to continuously maintain her body as she continued to decompose. Now, he would use piano wires to maintain her skeletal structure because as she was decaying, her muscles and her skin were breaking down and her body was falling apart. So he just used those to keep her skeletal structure together.
2: This is so much more detailed than I yeah. anticipated.
0: So wait, so he basically
1: stitched her with piano wire?
0: I think he like wrapped the wire like around her bones so that her oh. bones stayed together in the skeletal form that it's supposed to be in. Yeah. He then stuffed her body cavities with rags to try to keep her true form because as her organs decomposed, her her body was caving in. Mm -hmm. He gave her glass eyes since her eyes had decayed and had sunken in. Uh, Also, when you die, the only part of your hair that is alive, the follicle also dies and your hair will eventually fall out. So Carl just gathered all this hair together and crafted a wig that he put back on Elena's head. And to prevent insect problems, he coated her whole body with a layer of silk coated with wax and balsam to basically replace the skin that was slipping and rotting off of her body. He also had to spray her body constantly with perfumes and preservance to <laughs> keep think? the smell yeah. of her rotting corpse at bay. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she did not smell like a flower. No,
1: cut. No, <laughs> like, I, I, I was gonna say elena's ghost was probably like yeah you better smell that carl
2: <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile i was thinking if you uh take a long time in the bathroom and you spray some febreze it does not really smell better no it, it just smells, smells like, like flowers yes. and shit <laughs> yeah. correct okay. yes. correct I feel, as, I feel as though we're in a flowers and shit situation here
0: we yes. are very much in that situation yes um But, you know, Carl was very diligent. He consistently applied mortician's wax to keep her looking alive. (laughs) Okay. And to finish the look, he dressed Elena in a dress, gloves, and jewelry. Two thoughts at this point. Um, One, Carl's actions are atrocious. Uh, He is desecrating poor Elena's corpse after her death, Mm -hmm. and she did not love him. No. No. I'm not saying I would be pleased if my husband did this to me after death, but at least I love him, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'd be like, oh, he's trying to, like, stay with me. Like, Mm -mm. she couldn't even get away from him after death. You said she died
1: hating him. Yeah, This is what she has to endure, her body has to endure for her afterlife. It's offensive. Like, how dare he? Yeah. And,
0: guys, um,
1: the second thought
0: is Carl did her dirty. I mean, she was beautiful, and there are pictures of her mummified corpse, oh, no. and they're not good. Like she looks like a bad mannequin. I think I failed to mention, he, like he drew eyebrows on her. Oh. Like she looks like a bad like plaster mannequin. Like it, it's not good.
1: I'm sad that I'm gonna have to see this because uh-huh. I, I
0: have to see it now. The pictures are gonna it. be on our Instagram. Um, at so. Grim
1: Crime Podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, at Graham Crime Podcast. So Carl took his corpse bride home with him and placed her in his bed oh. where he lived with her for the next seven years. No, no. What? No, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Seven <gasps> years. hmm Over the course of those years, Carl bought her gifts and perfumes as if she were still alive. They really just had a typical relationship, spending nights together, celebrating holidays together, just like a really great couple. hmm I mean, she was his destiny. Yeah. Laura's face is real sad.
2: It's so disturbing.
1: I, you have rendered me speechless, and that is a feat that you have accomplished, madam. There are a
2: lot of people at our company that are very interested in how you did that.
1: (laughs) You're like, how do I shut her up, please?
2: Well, tell me the tale of the corpse bride, and then I will shut up real quick. (laughs) seven years you're gonna have some weird meetings on i definitely
0: <laughs> am yeah <laughs> um if you'd like to pause it we'll take a quick look at Elena just so you guys have that for reference
1: i would not like to but i will <laughs> you're going I will to do it. you're going to
0: uh so we just paused so that uh laura and colby could take a look at Elena as the corpse bride mummy she's,
2: she's looking at me from the table yeah it's so bad
0: yeah it's really creepy
2: and she was very pretty you're right she was she was and that is really upsetting
1: i mean she's not a bad mannequin (sighs) but like not a good not a good i would not buy those clothes Mm -mm. no No. carl needed an eyebrow stencil he did a very bad job with her eyebrows he did
2: were
0: those eyebrows more in style in the 1930s
1: no
2: (laughs) No. never never. I, i figured out what it made me think of when i tried to draw people as a child Mm. that is what my people looked like yeah, like
0: like their face is too long and their nose is weird and their eyes are are weird weird. yeah yeah like her eyes are like like they look like what you would draw as a bad artist
1: and and the wig looks like a bad toupee that's been ever so lightly placed upon her head like even donald trump's toupee is better than this Mm. like that's how i feel Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just
0: i bet you they blow similarly in the wind (laughs) <laughs> i bet you they do i had to guess oh, and
1: i'm sure carl knows what elena's hair is like in the wind because he's so gross mm. oh
0: well he probably would because um he danced with her body you know uh, so in like his spins like i bet you her hair just that? blew in the wind how did well, he even do that well she was well constructed with piano wires Yikes. and you know silk covered in balsam and wax so she was like legit a mannequin the town gossiped about carl because he was a recluse at the time but he appeared to be involved romantically with someone that nobody in the town ever saw they you know they saw that he was constantly buying gifts for a woman but they never saw the woman people also noticed that carl had stopped visiting elena's tomb which hmm. he had done faithfully for over two years
1: they must have gotten into a fight yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although he was careful in not getting caught moving Elena's body, he was less careful at home because one day, a young boy walking by his home saw him dancing with what he said looked like a life-size doll through the window. I'm sure the boy thought it was weird, but never imagined the reality of the situation. mm -hmm. Elena's family grew suspicious, and it's unclear to me how this took seven years, uh, but that's another story. In October of 1940, Elena's sister went to Carl's house to confront him. She wanted Carl to open up the coffin in her sister's mausoleum, and he refused. She became really angry and said she just wanted to see her sister. And he said, well, why didn't you say so? Come with me. Oh no, her poor sister. Oh my God. He told her that Elena was in his home, and Carl actually thought that the family would be happy that he'd taken such good care of her. At first, her sister didn't even believe what she was seeing. She did yeah. not think that it was Elena at all. Yeah. She thought it was like a sick joke. When it started to sink in, Elena's sister was like, Listen, just return the body to the cemetery. But Carl refused. Naturally. Four days later, the police came to remove Elena's remains from the premises. Carl was arrested for wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization. The case was a local sensation, as you can imagine, and some people actually took pity on Carl, finding his actions to be those of a hopeless romantic. Key West's most experienced lawyer even offered to represent him pro bono. Carl was open with everyone about his actions and explained that he truly believed that he could restore Elena and bring her back to life. The judge asked Carl if he had a sexual relationship with the corpse, which he denied. He said he was a scientist.
2: Um. Oh, so, so was the toy box killer yeah. guy, right? He was also a scientist. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> a sexual scientist, in fact. Mm. It
1: sounds like Carl maybe as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Carl was lying. What remained of Elena's body was autopsied and they found a tube in her vagina that that was (laughs) wide enough to permit sexual intercourse. At the bottom of the tube was some cotton, which upon examination contained sperm.
2: Oh, (laughs) Colby's face. I knew, you know, I knew, I knew, but I didn't want to hear that. I'm
1: so sorry i'm just presenting and colby is literally speechless I'm, getting cl- I'm gonna get closer to the table i feel like i need to lean on it or
0: something. <laughs> i'm presenting all of the okay. grim the grimmest facts they are the
1: grimmest facts mm-hmm.
0: so not only was carl dancing and sleeping with elena's remains he was also having sexual intercourse with her oh. and i bet that carl would not even identify as a necrophiliac because in his twisted yeah. reality elena wasn't really dead yeah. yeah she was alive the whole
2: time yeah how'd that hold up on the stand
0: well, this information was not released by the pathologist at the time, likely out of respect for Elena's family and because the case was already sensational. True. During the court proceedings, there was a question of Carl's mental health, which I'm sure is shocking to both of you. Very. <laughs> but Carl, Carl said that his real plan was to bring Elena back to life through intergalactic means. He was going to take her high into the stratosphere so that radiation from outer space could penetrate her tissues and restore her to life. He was casually turning the airplane that was his original makeshift laboratory into a spaceship to execute his plan. So that checks out. A psychiatric evaluation of Carl stated he was in a, quote, borderline state, but otherwise sane and mentally competent.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Compared to uh, whom? I Yeah. <laughs>
0: The intergalactic means got me. I don't know about that. It doesn't sound that right to me, but I'm
1: not a psychologist. <laughs> no, but Carl needs one. I just, like, I'm
2: like, I have never seen Colby this speechless. There,
1: there are situations, I guess, in life that I am not prepared for, and this is one of them.
0: Well, guys, in the end, Carl was cleared of all charges because the statute of limitations on his crimes had all long since passed so he just walked he was free to go no but get this carl asked both the court and elena's family if he could have her back
2: no (laughs) like well the family probably said oh okay they did
0: not okay they did not everyone said no and he was mad about it because elena was his right right they did all say no This is odd. Rather than put her back in her mausoleum, the state put her on display at a local funeral home where nearly 7,000 people were
2: able to come see her mummified corpse. I shook my head so hard that it like moved everything on the
1: table. You have have whiplash now. I do. Oh, my gosh. What? So 7,000 people viewed Elena in this horrific state that Mm -hmm. Carl had put her into. Yes. What?
0: Who thought of that? I don't
1: know. And I'm not sure of
0: the timing of this. I'm not sure if they put her on display while his charges were pending or after, but she definitely was on display at some point, and everyone was that wanted to was able to go view her. And apparently the reaction to Carl's work was overall favorable. They they thought she did, he did a good job.
1: <laughs> Coming in for Big Fudge. I'm sorry, what? <laughs>
0: it was it was favorable to carl following her display elena was finally laid to rest in an unmarked grave in key west cemetery by three individuals who took the grave's location to their own to ensure that she rested peacefully
2: couldn't have done that a while before then no
0: well i mean it took seven years for someone to be like "Mm, can we see elena's body carl's like no thanks so after he was released, Carl gave tours of his lab for a quarter a person, but he eventually wanted to get away from the notoriety, and he ended up moving back to Zephyr Hills near where his estranged wife, daughter, and sister lived. I don't remember them. Yeah. He didn't move back to them. Oh. He just moved oh. back near them. He right. was with his sister for a while, but I think his family was just... Dead to him Yikes. at that
2: point. But Elena oh. wasn't? Nope. Yeah. She is just Elena. Gonna say that. That was <laughs> a dangerous position to be in around yeah. him.
0: <laughs> One true love. Yikes. On the day he left, Elena's prior mausoleum mysteriously exploded. <laughs> <laughs> what a mystery. <laughs> it's suspected that Carl used dynamite to blow up the tomb before he left. The engraving from the tomb with Elena's name still exists and is on display at the Fort Martello Museum in Key West. Poor Elena. After he moved, Carl initially lived with his sister. In 1944, he moved into his own home where he built a shrine to Elena. And he lived with an effigy of her that he made with the plaster casts he had taken of her body.
2: Dude, she's just not that into you.
1: Right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Fuck off. Like she literally died multiple times to get away from you, back off.
2: And that wasn't enough. That's what actually Um, the name of this episode should be. She's she's just just not that into
0: you. In 1947, Carl published his memoir, "The Secret of Elena's Tomb." In the pulp,
1: (laughs) what was the secret?
2: (laughs) The tube. Mm. Oh, wait. Oh, T U B (laughs) E. I don't
0: know. I thought she said tomb the first time. That's what I also thought. Oh, I did. Okay. But Colby said, what's the secret? And I said the tube. It is. Okay.
1: So. It just, uh, I I know, like, I don't think any of us are trying to be disrespectful by laughing at all. But like, that's literally the only way to cope with something that is this absolutely batshit insane that a human being actually did.
0: And I think that's it. I, I'm I'm not trying to be disrespectful no, to Elena not. in any way, but the story is just so wild, and when you're removed from thinking yeah. of her actual body it it is almost comical to me like it's it's yeah. just hard it's hard to process as reality
2: yeah when i think of her it makes me sad and angry for her because yes. it's so right. offensive and when i think of him it's you have to laugh it's just so insane it's just it yeah
0: it's just yeah and like colby said like that's the way that you're coping yeah. with it because right. it is it's unreal it is unreal unreal
2: Oh, but it's very real.
0: It is very real. So 1947, Carl published his mem- memoir, The Secret of Elena's Tomb. It was in a pulp magazine, Fantastic Adventures, which was then used as the basis for several books. Uh, Carl extensively claimed in this memoir, as well as during his 1940 court hearing and in numerous newspaper interviews, that he had been seeing apparitions of Elena ever since he was a child. And it was the ghost of her that instructed him to enshrine her body in his home. Carl's last journal entry said, "Human jealousy has robbed me of the body of my Elena, yet divine happiness is flowing through me, for she has survived death forever and ever. She is with me." In 1952, at the age of 76, Carl died alone in his home. Well, except for the human-sized figure of Elena.
1: Oh my God! And I'm sure that the Elena ghost was there to ensure him safe passage. And they lived happily ever after together. He probably went straight to hell. <laughs> I hope he did. Yeah. Ugh. So one of the reasons we
0: talk about we love this podcast so much is that stories that we already know, when we research, we find new information. Mm-hmm. And I found new information on this case that I did not previously know. In my research... I found a very well-written article titled Twists in a Twisted Tale, The Exploitation, Defilement, and Murder of Elena Hoyos by Kevin Walsh. And that led me to discover that there is evidence which strongly suggests that Carl may have actually killed Elena himself, which is a very bizarre twist. After Carl's actions had come to light, some people came forward who had a bit more information. One man told a magazine that Carl had told him once, I've spent my whole life, I've roamed the earth searching for Elena. Fifty years ago, she appeared to me in a vision, and she promised then to be my bride. Now I've found her, and I'll kill her if necessary
2: to fulfill my destiny. Did he think that she was going to be his bride in death from the beginning? Or that she was just going to be his bride.
0: I think it was just she was going to be his bride. But I think when she did not want to oh. be his bride, it was one of those like, but you are my destiny and right. I will
1: fulfill it however Ugh. I need to. So so wait, could she have survived tuberculosis? Like, no. So it was more no, that he accelerated.
0: Yes. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, in another statement to the Miami Herald, Elena's sister said that Carl had warned her father that if there wasn't a wedding before Christmas, there would be a funeral. (laughs) And Mm. there's also an article in a magazine. This is so bizarre, uh, from 1982 that contained a story called Florida's Frankenstein and his laboratory of love. In that article, there was information that someone had been renovating a cottage, which belonged to Carl at some point. And when they tore down the wall, they found what appeared to be a confession note. The note read, She died because I gave this to her mercifully. I mixed the root of wolfsbane, monkshood, with aconite diluted. It was palatable and my loved one departed this miserable world on October 25th, 1931. Suffer no more, sweet Elena. I have sent you to the angels with my golden elixir. The poisons mentioned in the note can cause seizures. Mm. And the police log in Elena's case noted that she had experienced violent convulsions before her death. And that's also mm, what, what Carl m- had yes. written on the yeah. death certificate. Oh,
2: so he fucking killed her. Mm. Oh,
0: The demolition worker and supervisor who found the note also found bottles of the elixir in the wall of Carl's old residence.
1: Oh, my God. Wait. So did he write the autopsy report, Carl? She didn't have, like, a formal autopsy. I think he signed her, like, death certificate. Okay, okay, because I was trying to think, where did he put it? But that was, when he signed it, that was basically a freaking confession, mm-hmm. and nobody knew, because mm-hmm. he said her cause of death was related to, like, complications of seizures and epilepsy mm-hmm. type stuff, mm-hmm. not tuberculosis, and I was wondering, like, Why was, would he do that? Right, like, w- yeah. was it shameful that she passed from tuberculosis? I don't think so. You said one in seven people passed from right. it, so you wouldn't be trying to hide that cause of death. He was He was hiding in plain sight the whole time. Yeah.
0: If, if all of this is true. Yeah. Uh, and upon in further investigation, there were uh, there was testimony from people in the neighborhood that said the weeks before Elena's death, Carl had persuaded Elena to swallow double doses of the elixir that he was giving her. And as I just said, her body was never mm. autopsied, so there was no way to confirm if she was poisoned. In Carl's defense, as Colby mentioned, her diagnosis was more than likely already fatal. Um, But it was like, if she wouldn't succumb to him in life, he wanted to control her in death. So
2: he sped up the process. And he was already giving, like, he was already doing things to her, trying to fix her, like, shock treatment and giving her things anyway. So it would not have been out of the realm of possibility that he also gave her this elixir or something.
0: Right. It's just hard to know, like, there are some things then that would be inconsistent. So if he gave her this elixir to speed up her death... Then it wouldn't make sense if he was shocking her back to life and she, and she yeah, begged right. her family to like not tell him so that she died um before he could do that again so i'm not sure it, it, it's possible that it's just impossible to find logic mm. in a situation where it doesn't yep. exist it yep. all could be true and illogical or the story has gotten a little convoluted as time passes but i think it's safe to say that Carl was twisted yes. and mm. did non-consensual things Ugh. to Elena in yeah. both life and death.
2: Yep, I think that perfectly sums it up.
0: Guys, that's the story of Carl Tansler and his corpse bride. I don't
2: know what I expected out of this episode, but it was not that.
0: So what do you think? Was it romantic? You guys, are you guys leaning with the popular opinion of, you know, Carl's Carl's work? He did good work. And it was it was the actions of a hopeless romantic.
1: I hate you, but it's a respectful hate. That's how I'm feeling right now.
2: <laughs> yeah mm, no, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i I do not um i I'm not team Carl in this one. I no. I'm gonna be the dissenting opinion here. You're right. he did Elena dirty like girl was way more She's beautiful beautiful, yeah he made her look like she was permanently surprised <laughs> like, i'm
2: just really offended at her lack of power in this me i'm too. really i'm actually pretty angry at the family too yeah because he shouldn't have been it's not like they had a relationship and right. then this all happened like they never had a relationship he was 30 years older than her she wanted nothing to do with him she was in a weakened state ill on her deathbed and they didn't protect her i'm so i'm pretty mad about that and then he's just terrible I can see it in the beginning because her family did not have a right. lot of money. Yeah. She was sick; they
0: couldn't afford these expensive treatments. And Carl yeah. was basically offering yeah. the moon and the stars right. for free. You know, bringing X-ray equipment from the hospital yeah. to their home. So to them, it was in the beginning, at yeah. least there was some hope. Yeah. After they moved away to be yeah. like in hiding, and then he found them, and they let him back in, even though she was fatally ill. It's like she's on her deathbed. Just right. let her die
1: in peace let her fade where was elena's father in all of this i i 10 out of 10 my Uh dad would have chased him out with a shotgun and if Uh he didn't leave he would have blown him apart and Uh not even thought twice about it i Uh think he
0: was in the picture there was no indication that he wasn't part of this family unit that was letting carl do what he was doing
2: how do you think that neighbor's feeling
1: Oh, my God. They probably feel like the biggest asshole in the 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 world. The one who told them where they were living.
0: And I think that poor neighbor probably thought that he is some sort of medical person. Sure. Okay. She's sick, and he's so concerned about her well-being, and he needs to be able to treat her. He probably spun a web of a web of wonderful lies to to get the address out of the neighbor
2: 2022 maybe hasn't been the best year but i'm gonna say it's better than than at this time because this never would have happened
0: it could be happening right now there could be i in the that as i said in the that, united yeah. states with an 11 year old corpse in their bed
1: hey if that's you guys let us know hit us up at uh, a <laughs> grim <Crime> podcast <laughs> at gmail.com we want to hear about your corpse bride we just are, kidding please don't tell me about your corpse bride. i don't no, actually want to know about it we would legally have to report that
2: we want to tell your love story <laughs> <laughs> this is like delilah Delilah.
0: (laughs) i don't know that reference so what
1: was that just a where we grew up thing like you would call delilah for love advice she was like like an older knowledgeable woman who would give you yeah
2: in the evening like yeah what okay no all right now i'm curious because we do have listeners in 49 out of 50 states so i
1: am curious who's heard delilah
2: yeah i have not guys
1: i'm sorry i know was this just a Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and New Hampshire thing?
0: Ooh. Now I am thinking, hey there, Delilah, what's it like No, 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 no.
1: Not no. the same. No, no, no. Different nope. Delilah. Different Delilahs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let us know. But I will say, apparently, that song, Hey There, Delilah, like, Delilah was not his girlfriend. That was, like, a girl who Ooh. I'm pretty sure he was obsessed with, and I think she was really creeped out by the song. Was okay, she well,
0: a- then that is very appropriate to end yes. this yes. episode with. Yes. Okay.
1: We'll leave it at that. Wow. The real-life Delilah is a competitive cross-country runner and graduate of Columbia University who never dated the guitarist and frontman Tom Higginson, who wrote the now-famous lyrics. Um, Although Higginson admitted that the long-distance relationship between the two was fiction, he did tell her that he had written a song about her in hopes of it impressing her. Close enough. So they were never together.
0: Okay. So hey there, Delilah. If you're enjoying listening to Grimm, please rate and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you don't miss any episodes. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, we would be forever grateful if you took a minute to leave us a written review. Follow us on Instagram at Grim Crime Podcast for information on future episodes and case photos and to see a picture of poor Elena. Mm. If you want to send us a case suggestion, which people have been doing, or just say hi, you can email us at Grim Crime Podcast at gmail.com. Listen, learn, and stay alive until next time, because the future is grim.